Welcome back to the Troop Leader Experience Podcast. I'm back with another interview today, and I've just met my guest, as usual. I know you guys hear me say that all the time, but go ahead, please. Introduce yourself to us. Who are you? Where are you from? What council? How are you involved with Girl Scouts? My name is Lauren Lucas. I am a troop leader, a lifetime member, and a service unit coordinator in the uh, Girl Scouts of Eastern South Carolina Council. Awesome. And tell us a little bit first, troop-wise, what is your troop like? What grade level? How large? All of those things. Okay. So I'm actually in a very weird position right now. Um, I am in a troop with my daughter, but not in a troop at the same time. We were in a troop of 70 girls. We were a rainbow troop, uh, daisies through ambassadors. Uh, and when we bridged to cadets, we lost a lot of our girls. They had other interests that they wanted to focus on. Um, and unfortunately, scouting just didn't fit in their schedules. So we moved to yet another troop because we wanted to make sure that we had scout sisters at my daughter's age. Uh, she is presently a second year cadet. Uh, so she is in a troop right now of five girls, and it's a multi-level troop. Uh, we have juniors and cadets, and we're kind of calling ourselves the misfits. We are the troops that are involved in a lot of other organizations, and so to have a daily or weekly Girl Scout meeting schedule doesn't quite work. So we pretty much meet, hang out, talk on the phone, um, associate that way. And we get together and do events maybe once a month. I kind of say we're like the best of both worlds. We have the flexibility of the Juliets, uh, but we have the camaraderie and the support of being in a troop. It's kind of a weird situation at the moment, but we're making it work to keep our girls and scouts, which I think is the most important part. So the girls who are in your troop now, did any other girls in this troop carry over from your original like massive rainbow troop or is yes. this all a new group for your daughter? Nope. Um, so we have five girls, like I said, uh, my daughter being one. And two of our other troop members were with us in our massive troop. Um, and we all moved to that second troop and it just wasn't working out with scheduling and we never could attend events. So we kind of, like I said, we moved off and branched into our misfit group. So we are all original, huge multi-level rainbow troops that have now formed this little troop gang, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I mean, sad too, because it sounds like timing wise, that probably coincided with the pandemic, I'm guessing, of the big membership shift. Yes, it did. We, um, we really actually, to be honest, I was very pleasantly surprised. We hung on during the pandemic. We did Zoom calls. Um, we actually created this challenge um, especially when we were in the lockdown part of the pandemic, we created a custom patch to kind of keep our girls involved and allow their parents to have things to do with them where they weren't having to focus on academics. And so we were in a really good place. 
And then when we started coming back and we were still under restrictions and girls were in different schools and schools had different restrictions, it really created this, this spider web of complications that we were just not able to figure out how to make it be successful for everybody. We had parents that were like, nope, we only want to be virtual. And then we had girls that were like, I'm tired of being virtual. I want to see people and interact with them and in, in person. And then it was creating this weird dynamic of, you know, girls wanting to be virtual to be safe with their families, but then missing out on activities because we had other girls that weren't virtual. So unfortunately, we kind of split and made it work where we had girls that remained virtual from our rainbow troop. And then we had our little group that was like, nope, we, we want to get back into scouting the way that we knew it and, and move in a, in a different direction. So it was it was good in some ways because we were able to really evaluate our troop and look at what was working and what was not and help our scouts feel uh, still part of that troop family. Um, but it also created, like I said, that spider web of problems with trying to keep everybody safe and trying to sell cookies and maintain relationships. And it really became a, a big struggle. And I think naturally there's a big adjustment when girls move from juniors to cadets uh, naturally. And unfortunately, that is right when we were in the pandemic. And I think that just compounded it. Yeah. Some people listening already know this, uh, but that is almost exactly what happened to my troop as well. It wasn't nearly as large. We were more around the 24 to 28 girl range and we had daisies through cadets. And um, I mainly worked with the cadets because they were the girls I'd been with all along. And my girls were like in sixth and seventh grade during the height of the pandemic. And um, they hung on through Zoom meetings for a really long time. And when we started returning in person, still under a lot of restrictions, that is when everyone quit. And it was really, really hard and devastating. So mm -hmm. I, feel, I really relate to that. So let's rewind let's go back in time um were okay. you involved in girl scouts when you were growing up i was um so my i'm actually a third generation girl scout let me go back even further before i was me um my grandmother and my mother were both in girl scouting so it was natural that i joined um I was actually one of the original daisies in our area. The daisy program had just kind of started and they asked my mom to be a leader. And she said, uh, you know, I can't do it. I have a daughter at home who's not of age. So back in 1984, I believe it was, um, daisies was only one year program. Uh, but I was actually in it for two years. That was how my mom agreed to help step up and help work through the founding of the daisies kind of program. So I was a daisy for two years and I've gone and I worked all the way up through high school, uh, earned my gold award in 1999 and then started becoming troop leader. And here I am today. <laughs> wow. That is wild. So you did not take time off really in between being a girl member and being adult member, you just went straight through. 
Um, maybe like a period of three or four months, like that summer wow. right after <laughs> that summer, like right after high school, you know, I, I, well, I don't even know that you could say that because I worked at Girl Scout camp. I was a counselor, um, in a lifeguard that summer, but I wasn't a troop leader yet. So I guess you could say it was a break. So Girl uh, Scouts has been part of like who you are for, oh yeah, for sure. pretty much your whole <laughs> life that's incredible what a cool story yeah. so what's one of your favorite memories about being a girl scout when you were growing up as a girl member oh goodness um I think in all honesty my favorite memory would have to be when my whole cadet troop uh cadet slash senior troop I should say um we were the first troop in our council, which actually no longer exists. Our council has merged, but we were the first uh, group to have every girl earn their gold award. I think that was, is probably one of my favorite memories. It was just amazing. Um, our leader was the most supportive person I have ever met to this day. And we had said that as a joke one day, we were sitting in, in a meeting talking about kind of where we wanted our Girl Scout journey to go. And a lot of us were like, oh, I want to earn my gold. And she joked and she's like, well, you all want to earn your gold. We could be the gold award troop. And we, and we did it in a sense. Uh, so that is definitely one of my favorite memories. I mean, that's incredible. What was, oh, okay, full disclosure, in case you're <laughs> listening to this and you don't know, um, the Gould Award program or project or requirements or whatever have changed and evolved over time. But with that acknowledged, what was your Gold Award about? Oh, this is like one of my favorite topics. I could talk for hours about this. Um, so I am a special education teacher and my Gold Award project was designing a program uh, when you think about it now, it's very similar to Special Olympics, working with students at the elementary school that would not always get included. Um, I choreographed our entire high school musical, and we built a buddy program with high school students and elementary students and students with special needs uh, so that they could be a part of our musical, but they also were engrossed and would learn, you know, dance moves and work on their communication skills. Um, and so it was really about forming that relationship with um, a typically developing peer with a musical behind it as something to help collaborate on. That's so cool. So then from there, you worked at Girl Scout camp and then you stayed involved as a volunteer. What made you decide to get involved as an adult volunteer? And why do you continue to come back year over year? I like to say that Girl Scouts saved my life. Um, I had a, a good childhood, but also had some really rough periods in my childhood. And it was my Girl Scout sisters that kept me uh, going and motivated in my support. So as I've grown up, I've just had this incredible relationship with, with uh, amazing people. I'm still really close with a lot of my Girl Scout sisters that I grew up with. Um, and I wanted to help pass that on and continue it because I think it's so important, not only for girls to feel valued, but just our, our connection 
in general. Like we need connection with people, especially now after the pandemic, which I know I obviously didn't know that back then, but it just all seems to kind of fit. I, you know, I have my moments of frustration, just like everybody does, but those moments of connection and those friendships that I get to help see and foster, uh, they're just incredible. And they, they keep me motivated. I love it. I love seeing girls, you know, that I've known since they were daisies and they're now working on their gold awards. And I love to hear their journey and talk about the things that they've done and know that they are experiencing things that they might not otherwise experience because they haven't been part of, or that they wouldn't have it experienced without being part of Girl Scouts. It's just incredible. And it's honestly the ultimate high that you can have. And I love being part of that journey. I totally agree. I love it too. And obviously I wouldn't do this if I didn't love it. Um, So What's one of your proudest moments that you've had as a Girl Scout volunteer? Oh, let's see. As a volunteer, I would have to say when I became what I guess you would call the head leader, um, watching those girls grow up and just seeing them grow Uh, It's just, like I said, been an incredible ride. Um, As a mom, because I have a daughter who is in scouting, um, and I also happen to be her troop leader, but as a mom in scouting, who happens to be a troop leader, uh, my favorite memory is when my daughter was pinned as she bridged from daisies to brownies. Um, I had always shown her pictures of my brownie uniform when I was little and I had the little beanie and I just always thought it was the cutest thing. And so I always shared it with her. And when I pinned her to bridge, she looked at me and she said, mommy, I get to be a brownie too. I want to be just like you and just gave me the biggest hug. And it really let me know at that moment that I had made the right decision to bring my daughter into Girl Scouting. Um, And it was really neat to be able to enjoy the journey with her up until that point. My daughter's very active in Scouts. Uh, She just recently earned her silver award. And just seeing her go from that little Daisy who is shy and unsure of herself to now this very confident silver award scout is, is just been incredible. What was her silver? So she did a project called walking the book. Um, and every month she did a story walk at the elementary school. And she created um, a story where children could go outside and they could read a book as they walked. And then she had different activities to go along with that story to help with like social emotional learning and allowing students to go outside and get that physical activity that is so missing. Uh, I like to joke that she combined her two favorite things, being outdoors and reading. And she created this environment where once a month children could be free to run, but also read. Uh, so it was it was neat to watch see that. I love that you get to share all of these things with her, and those memories are amazing things that both of you will get to carry with you forever. And I just think that's really special. 
what is one of your craziest or silliest Girl Scout memories? And it can be as a girl or an adult. Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> as a girl, and full disclosure, do not do this now. This was very different time and place. Um, this would not be acceptable nowadays. So full disclosure. We were doing what we called survival training and we were older and our leader took us in the woods, handed us compasses, handed us maps and said, peace out, see you at the spot on your map. Uh, you have two and a half hours to get there. As a mom right now, I panic listening to that and I'm like, oh, I can't believe they did that. Uh, but as in a girl, oh, I loved every moment of it. It was an amazing challenge to try to get to, you know, X marks the spot. Is a little intimidated being in the woods <laughs> by myself. But yeah, it was it was awesome and exhilarating. And I mean, here it is now, 20 some years later, and I'm still pumped about it. And I'm like, Whoa, let's go. Um, but yeah. So when you did that, the group of girls was together or were each of you on your own? Like, so we, we started together in the woods, um, kind of like at the entrance, um, dare I say, maybe like a, you would consider it like a parking lot or a field Uh type area. And we were all stood in a line. We were all blindfolded. Uh, we stood in a line and we were told to count so many spaces and spread ourselves out. And then we were told to count off like one, two, three. And so like the ones were told to walk so many steps forward. The twos were told to walk so many steps back and the threes had to walk in like a diagonal or something like that. And we separated ourselves and then we had to take our blindfolds off and we walked in by ourselves at that point. Uh, so that we is were, so wild. I know, right? Like it totally would not happen nowadays. Like no, you definitely not. <laughs> hear it on the news or whatever. But yeah, it is is one of my favorite memories. Um, because it really challenged us, and, and you know, we really had to work on those skills, those orienteering skills, and the map reading skills. And you know, we didn't have Google. I couldn't talk to my phone and be like, "Hey, I'm lost. I need to get to these coordinates." We didn't. We didn't have that. Now, I didn't know then, but I actually talked to my leader about this years later. And I was like, weren't you scared we were going to get lost? And she was laughing and chuckling. She had had it all set up where she could kind of see all of us uh, the majority of the time that we were in the woods. Like she had gone out and and really did a lot of research to make this work um, and to keep us safe. But still, like, I didn't know that then. So yeah, the- yeah. Well, that I mean, and I'm sure she didn't want you to to know that because um, the necessity to make it work. And that's what I was just thinking, like, yeah, I don't know that I would ever do a situation where the girls were on their own. I at least would say small groups are buddies and adults definitely within sight, but like the girls could still do it on their own. Like an adult could be present, but silent, like. Right. Yeah, you have to do it yourself. Right. Like you could probably figure out how to recreate that kind of experience under today's like safety guidelines. But I think about that kind of stuff all the time um, about how things have changed. I sold cookies going door to door completely alone. There was no adult with me. There was no other girl with me. I went into people's houses and sat in their living rooms while they looked over the the form right the order form so yeah like there's definitely things we did as kids that you definitely could not do today um but it was acceptable then so but I think there's ways you can recreate it so I love that 
Okay, so this one might be kind of difficult because you've been involved really the whole time. Um, but it's one of my favorite questions to ask people. Okay. Girl Scouts is not just to help girls grow. It's for adults to grow too. What is one way you've been impacted or changed through your experience of volunteering with Girl Scouts? You know, that is a hard question because I didn't necessarily take a break, but I will say that especially in the last few years, I have really had to look and understand that just because somebody doesn't have the same passion as me or the same desire does not mean that they don't enjoy it and they don't want it to be a positive experience. You know, I'm very passionate about Girl Scouts. I talk about it pretty much every day, um, hours upon hours. And I had to really understand as an adult um, that that's who I am. That doesn't mean that somebody else isn't just as, as passionate, you know, they just show it differently. So that's been kind of a, it's been a, I could say a challenging lesson to know that, you know, just because somebody doesn't present things or look at things the same way that I do doesn't mean that they don't care. You know, it's just, that's who they are. And I am who I am. Yeah. And being involved for as long as you have, it would be impossible for you to not have some interesting knowledge about Girl Scout history. So we're going to, and that's how you and I connected actually was for mm -hmm. a conversation about history. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about some, some things related to history. What is your favorite Girl Scout tradition past or present or both and why? Mm -hmm. I have a Girl Scout tradition that was in my council. I don't know that it is necessarily a national tradition. Many people know, and, and I'm sure people don't know that um, Juliet actually painted her own pottery. At one point at her house in Savannah, at the birthplace, you could actually see some of the pottery that she painted, which I've always thought was amazingly cool. Um, but in our council, when you were a senior Girl Scout getting ready to, a senior in high school and a senior Girl Scout, let me put it that way, when you were getting ready to bridge to adults um, or just, you know, end your Girl Scout career there, alumni, alumna, excuse me, in our council would actually hand paint you a teacup that was a theme all about you. Uh, the idea behind it was to, you know, kind of channel your inner Juliet and be artistic and paint pottery, but it was also to, you know, connect you with Girl Scouting. So that, I would have to say that that is one of my absolute favorite traditions. I, I just always thought that was amazing. Um, I love the connection to the founder, but also that personalization piece. I just yeah. think that it is incredible. That's so neat. And I bet the girl being like featured would feel really special. That's really cool. Yeah, it was neat. Um, I don't remember all of the details, but you had to, like, I want to say that either you and your leader kind of filled out a questionnaire about you and then the person that was painting it, um, you never actually got to meet that where that person 
you didn't meet them right away. So when you were at your um, ceremony, whether it was a higher award ceremony, or like I said, your bridge to adult ceremony, they had all the pieces laid out and you could see all of the different cups of pottery painted. Um, and then behind the cup, they had a little certificate that had your name on it. And so part of the challenge and the fun was to go through and see if you could pick out your piece based off of the information. Um, and then during the ceremony, the person that painted the cup for you would actually give it to you. That's awesome. What is one of the most interesting stories you've read or learned about in Girl Scout history? I would have to say that Juliet had a disability. I actually did not know that until I was a lot older. I did not realize that she was uh, deaf or partially deaf, I should say. I did not know that until I was a, a little bit older. So I always thought that that was fascinating that not only did she grow up in a time where it was a different setting for women, but she also had that additional challenge of having a disability. You've shared a couple things about Juliet, but is there a specific favorite Juliet Lowe story that you have not yet shared? Not that I can think of off of the top of my head. I have read a ton of books about Juliet. Um, and honestly, every time I read a book, I learn something new about her, which I think is amazing in itself. I, she was just a fascinating, fascinating woman. Every time I learn something, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. But it also doesn't surprise me because she is just so amazing. I, I don't, I can't really think of anything directly off the top of my head. Yeah, you've, I mean, you've already shared a few. I just wanted to give you <laughs> another shot. Okay. Why do you think it's important that we preserve Girl Scout history? And why should girls and current volunteers care about the history of the movement? Well, I'm a firm believer in if you don't know where you have started, you don't know where you can go. You know, our history was founded to create something for girls that they otherwise would not have had the opportunity to do. And in modern days, that might not seem as uh, great a feat as it was in 1912, and well, and even in prior to that when she was planning. Uh, but it's neat to see that journey and understand that as a member of this organization, you know, it's our job to not only help learn and pass on those traditions, but also help our program grow. Um, even though women, uh, women have a lot of rights, you know, we weren't able to vote back then. Now we can vote. That would not have happened if we did not understand where we came from. So I think it is, it's, it's those foundational pieces. Uh, you know, you can't really build a house without some sort of support. And I feel like our Girl Scout history is that support. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. What is something you personally would like to learn more about, or you wish you could learn more about regarding Girl Scout history? Ooh, that is a really good question. Yeah, I think it's kind of a two-part thing. So there's a lot of marketing uh, presently about, you know, diff like thin today I saw an ad for Thin Mint Candy Canes. So I would love to know 
the history and the thought process behind the way that we are marketed. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a two-part thing. Like I want, I I know where we are and I kind of know where we started, but I would love to know those inner working pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's something that is so hotly contested and has been all along the way. It would be really interesting to like spend time learning about that. What's something that you wish more people knew about Girl Scouts? Ooh, I would say overall, I wish people understood that our badges and our patches are not to be worn as a decoration, that they are a way to celebrate milestones in our Girl Scouting career. And also our achievements. You know, when I'm I'm working with uh, newer leaders or even younger Girl Scouts, there's this mentality that they have to have this vest full of patches on the back and full of badges on the front. And while that is really amazing, and I think that they are beautiful when you see this, see them. But I really wish people understood or maybe not understood, maybe had the thought process that this is a culmination of something. You know, when you're, for example, there's an old retired uh, brownie badge, I believe it's called, or uh, try it, excuse me, called Stitch It Up, I believe is the name of it. But that little triangle is to show the journey that you learned how to sew and I feel like in some ways there's a big disconnect because it's oh we need more badges and we need more programming we need more of this and they are great and girls and and leaders do need options but that little piece of fabric is the culmination. It is to show that you have mastered that skill. Not that, oh, I went to this workshop and I did, I sewed two stitches and now I got my stitching badge. I feel like there's sometimes a big disconnect between that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. We could have a whole conversation about that, but (laughs) I want to uh, be respectful of your time. So I have two more for you. Okay. One is what is a project or initiative that you are working on right now or have been part of recently in Girl Scouts? Um, Okay. So I am um, a service unit co-coordinator. I am actually helping another leader learn the role so that she could take over. Uh, But one of our initiatives that we are implementing this year is a year of service. We are helping our scouts to find community service projects each month based off of kind of like a theme. For example, November's theme was gratitude. Uh, December's theme is holiday traditions. So each, we're asking each troop on their own um, to create a service project that relates to that theme of the month. So I'm really excited about this because that's, uh, I do believe that community service is a huge part of Girl Scouting. 
And I feel like this is a fun way to expose all of our scouts to amazing opportunities to help give back. And then last one, what is one, or you can list a few if there's a few, what's one of your favorite (laughs) or one of your go-to resources for either running your troop or for learning about history, Girl Scout history, Juliet Lowe, any of the above? Ooh, I don't know that I have one favorite resource. I am on, honestly, I can't even tell you how many Facebook groups that I am in and on pages that I am on. So I really do uh, use a lot of social media to learn things. Um, It's quick, it's easy, and it's usually right at my fingertips. So that's a really good resource. But I also like to talk to older scouts. I had a friend growing up that did her gold award project by interviewing scout leaders and doing, I'm going to butcher her kind of thesis statement of her project. So forgive me, Michelle, but her project was basically taking the oral history of Girl Scouting and how to share it and pass it on. Uh, And she did hundreds of hours of interviewing similar to your podcast. And so I like to go and talk to leaders uh, that have been around for a long time. Most of them, I get in contact with them through social media or other people, but I think it's a great way to learn things about Girl Scouting. Uh, I also think it's really neat because Every person has their own experience with scouting. And while there's these amazing histories and traditions that are on the national level, there's also even troop traditions that are shared that way. So I really enjoy just good old fashioned conversation. I love this. Thank you so much for sharing some of your experiences and your knowledge. And uh, I really appreciate you. And thank you for everything you do for girls and volunteers in your area. Oh, well, thank you. I have had a wonderful time. This has been an awesome conversation.